Welcome to the fourth episode of Hashtag Wolves. I'm in the Wolves Den with my co-host, Will Harnes. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Excited to talk some Wolves basketball during this big winning streak. The Wolves uh, have a streak of five wins, got three on the ro- on their road trip, and now that puts them solid in the fourth spot in the Western Conference. Not quite ready to break into that next tier of the top three teams. The, Probably won't. No, the the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Warriors seem to be head and shoulders above the rest of the Western Conference. But I'm happy with the, where the Wolves are at, and they're staying ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are playing much better and really meeting the expectations for if, the start I'm of being, the season. I don't know, candid. I think that Oklahoma City is looking for that four spot and has the ability to be there more than we do. So we'll see how that plays out. But I would be happy with a fifth seed. I mean, if we're swapping places, it's it's home advantage, right? It's just four and five are going to play each other anyway. Right. You'd like to have the fourth seed, but at the beginning of the year, I said I want to watch Wolves playoff basketball, and I'm still sticking with that. So right now I'm above average morale for, yes. towards, towards my Wolves. Yes, and after this five-game win streak, uh, it really... Bumps up the Wolves record. We're at 22 and 13, which puts us on pace for a 52 and 30 record. So like you said, we're really just looking for Timberwolves playoff basketball. And now it's kind of like watch out Western Conference. You and know? I'm not saying we'll get 50 wins and I probably don't think we will. I would probably guess under, but the fact that we're on pace for 52, I mean, that's a fact. And people at the end of the year felt that a 50 win season was a stretch for this team just because they need to figure some things out. And I think they are figuring those things out now. And so that should be celebrated, and I'm, I'm sure uh, Timberwolves Reddit is holding onto their tongue a little longer. Yes, and you need to. I was told that we're waiting for the drop of the Timberwolves. Like oh, there's like a Timberwolves bubble, and it's gonna pop. Wow, so the I'm other paw still to holding drop. My breath. Got it, got yeah. it. Well, and you need to go through win streaks like this in order to be a good team. You know, if you're gonna have a three-game losing streak, we shouldn't panic because we know that the team can turn around and win some games against some mediocre to decent competition. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Also, all-star voting opened up. This can be a topic of conversation as we go along, but we know the West is pretty gridlocked with lots of all-stars. Say you have to choose one from the Timberwolves. Who's it going to be? You can't say Tosh, and I know you'd love to (laughs) see Tosh out there. I have Gibson as probably third on my ballot, but with how the Western Conference is going, I don't see the Timberwolves. I see them getting one or surprisingly two spots into that pool. But but that's that's the max, and and Taj is a pretty clear cut third or, or below. So I sadly will not include him in my All Star voting, and he's not as much of a team leader or an exciting player. Mm-hmm. People would be surprised to see that he's third in value over placement play on our team, and more surprised to see that Taj is fourth. But it makes sense that Towns and Jimmy are one and two. But I think you have to go, especially if this streak that he recently put up continues. He's just he is our best player who takes over. And gets those the wins, right? And it, look, uh, like anecdotal win shares, he has the most. You know yeah. what I mean? Like where you you watch the game and say, "Wow, Jimmy took over and won that game for us far and away." And we talked about last week how he is becoming the go-to or the leader of this team in on the court and off the court. Definitely, and I think Towns he started out the year stronger, maybe just familiarity being here, and in general throughout the games, I think he scores more consistently. But you have to factor in the fact that Jimmy checks the best player on the other team most of the time. He's our go-to clutch scorer. And with the streak that he's been on, if he continues to play like this, even if it falls off just a little bit, he's clearly the best player 
on our team and he's mm-hmm. playing the best. But Towns is putting up a good case as well. And if you're knowledge of the numbers that you put there, shooting about 5% better and shooting about also about 5% better from three, Towns is. And so I, I do want to acknowledge those, but the, neither of those capture defense or clutch time or who's the leader in the locker room, which mm-hmm. I think Butler wins the rest of those arguments. Right. And he's just so lovable. I mean, yes. He's a country music fan, so... Is, is, I think Towns is nice and sort of fun. He's not as boring as like a Joe Maurer. But, <laughs> yeah. but with Butler, I, I think that, yeah, there, there's a lot more charisma and just social media presence. Yeah. That's, that's probably what votes come down to for about 50% of it. Yeah. And how your team's fans. doing. You'll see a lot of times they've looked back and like run past regressions for who wins the MVP. And one of the biggest factors is just your team's winning percentage. It's not a storied headline if you're the best player in the league, but you only led your team to like a seventh seed and lost in the first round. No one's talking about you, so you're not in people's minds. Right. So with that, uh, the Wolves won all their games since our last podcast, starting with Wednesday at Denver. You want to break that down yeah, for us? Yeah, 4-0, starting off with at Denver. Against an above-average Western Conference Denver team, line before the game was, was a pick, so no line, basically, and we won by eight. So that goes against sort of what the media presence was after the game, just that Towns said it wasn't a great 40 minutes, but now I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I like sort of eked it out and just sort of got the win. But on paper, winning by eight against a team like that, although they were missing their leading score and Denver has had 13 starting lineups this year. So I think they're, they're figuring some things out probably more than we are. But the headline that I would take away is probably more of a positive headline. It was just another game where Jimmy took over. The theme of this whole week, pretty much, I would say. At least three of the four games where Jimmy just said, this is my game, and I'm going to at least try to help us, and I'm going to take us, whether or not we're going to win. So the game score was Towns with 25.4, Butler with 20.1, and Crawford 14.6. I like this kind of box score, because it shows that Towns is doing his old reliable. Game score picks up more on offense, so Towns should be at the top about every game, and we should expect him to be. And then Crawford comes in. And gets that 14.6, which does take into account how many shots you take. So if he was just chucking up shots, he would have been knocked down. So it's, it's just good to see that we sort of had like a sixth man in the game, as well as someone who was taking over. So yeah, we're old reliable, someone who's just like your top player take over, and then we get to see a little bit of the bench show out. So overall, I, I felt like it was just like a, a solid win. I'm sure it wasn't all that flashy and, and Towns dominated, but I, you know, I, it's just, it's a win that, a 50 win team should get so i was i was definitely happy with it and then i feel like the the theme continued really into saturday against phoenix tibbs said jimmy butler was not going to let us lose that game yep tibbs probably you know seeing into the future for the game last night pretty much cut but we did cut a 22 point lead to two during this game which i don't think is i think it's also another theme but we went four and all right so there's, there's no there's no complaining about that but just the amount of variability in these games recently is insane Last night, both of us were at the game, and what we were up by at least twenty at one point, right? It got really right really away in the first quarter. T- it it, 20, it yeah. shot off. It might have been something like twenty-five to seven or something. So like a really big league right away. And I felt that I didn't. I didn't feel necessarily good about that just because I know this team and there's a lot of standard deviation with it. Our record's good. Things are going well, but I don't ever feel necessarily comfortable with the lead, especially against a half decent team in the Nuggets. And that proved to sort of come true. Second half, anecdotally, I felt like we were de- what up by two or three or one. Yeah, the, the entire late second half. The Phoenix game from Saturday 
really paralleled the Denver game from last night. So we'll talk about like the Wolves blowing leads, but not really to hang on to them. But it wasn't pretty. And something about the Suns makes me nervous where they just seem to have our number, whatever YMCA. Lost the first two games against them this year, I believe. I think we, do we alternate games against the Suns? Winning and losing. Well, they beat us bad in a game where we just yeah, broke we have, down. Yeah, we haven't done as as the record would show. And, right. You know, we, sh- we should beat that kind of team. And it is scary when you have Booker and guys like that who can just come out and chuck up shots and get 45, 50 some nights. So I, I understand that. Interim coach said that, I don't even really know what to think about this, that they, being the Timberwolves, didn't do anything other than go to their all-star players and go one-on-one. I think that's just kind of a lame excuse for a loss. But I, 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 we use our, or we can definitely go into a pickup basketball mode, but I guess it, it works for our team. So I don't, I, do you have anything to? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a funny quote because if you can't stop it, you know, why would the wolves not? But at the same time, we see this a lot from the Timberwolves. Once they get down, they just kind of kick the ball to Jimmy and he'll go one on one. And if it doesn't work for him, They'll kick it to Wiggins and he'll go one on one. So it's not pretty, but when we get a win and the coach comes out and says, well, they just give it to their all stars. Yeah. And I, I, I keep bringing in last night because it's fresh in my mind, but passing to someone and then sort of holding and guys sort of standing or just generally posting up, not really doing much to get open. And then the shot clock gets down to nine or eight. And then Jimmy does have the ball in his hand. So it's like, of course we know what's going to happen here. So maybe that was a little bit of it, but. Again, if Jimmy can score 32, go 12 for 13 from the line, and Towns can get 16 and 14 and be kind of the old reliable, I don't really see what the coach was overly criticizing. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure <laughs> just coaching Phoenix is a frustrating endeavor. Yeah, he's probably not too happy. As an with, interim coach. <laughs> yeah, he, he maybe would love to kick it to some all-stars and have them go one-on-one with the way Phoenix yeah, so, is so playing. It's, we'll, we'll let it slide if he wants to be jealous. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that um, <laughs> some of those... Themes of like really late in the shot clock shots came up in the LA game, uh, Christmas Day, Monday, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, the Wolves get a solid win against the Lakers. And it was a really interesting game all around because the Lakers had some injuries. So you saw their bench a little bit more depleted. I mean, without Lonzo Ball might be an advantage. Right. Well, <laughs> you're certainly going to shoot the ball better, but there's a lot he does for that team yes. uh, to make it go. So it was a bummer not to see him or Brandon Ingram out there, but the Wolves get a solid W. They use a positive 14-point differential Which in the is breaking quarter. the theme yes. of recently. Yeah, so the Wolves actually stepping up in the fourth quarter to pull away when the game was pretty close for the most part was really encouraging to see. It was also really funny to hear the TNT crew do the play-by-play rather than just like the pregame, halftime, and postgame because they've got Ernie, Shaq, Charles Barkley, and the Jet there all trying to cover everything and just kind of stepping over each other. It looked like the Wolves playing defense out there, just like <laughs> no communication. <laughs> Everyone's trying to do their own thing. Switch um, on screens, but... Kind of not. Yeah, exactly. No, no help defense whatsoever. They, they were saying that Alex Caruso, who got a few minutes for the Lakers, looked like Ernie Johnson. So I, after a while, I had to mute it and just kind of watch. Oh, the really? Game. Okay. Yes. So I was spending time with my family. Oh, on right. Christmas, of course. But I, I was curious what your thoughts were on the, the TNT crew. It was, it once was, I saw there was four people doing it, I just felt that there was going to be too much in one 
kind of communication line. Yeah, and it it definitely panned out to be that way. It wasn't it wasn't bad because they can be so funny and just well, stepping I'm over each the first other. First person to vouch for him, but. You just can't have four guys. Right. And we're th- spoiled with uh, Benz and Jim Peterson. Yeah, I was going to say, Jim Peterson and Dave Benz are kind of the gold standard for us. Even as we hear other people, we're not just trying to be homers. But that was a really interesting aspect of the game. But I think Charles Barkley mentioned that the Wolves just love to dribble down to the end of the shot clock yep. and not really run a play. And it's so true. You see it in a lot of our games, especially when our offense starts to struggle. Then on the Lakers side of things... They shot so many threes to the point where it almost seemed ill-advised. Did you feel that they were set up at least or like off a pick and roll or sort of like what we do? We're down to the shot clock. I guess we're going to throw it up. It was more so like any sort of loose ball situation or driving kick. Like some of it seemed like set plays, but it was basically any opportunity they had to take a three. They just let someone take a three. So this is the point where I would say that Like, modern analytics just fails teams a little bit. Like, oh, we're going to shoot threes. That's what we can do to be successful. But the point where you don't really look for good shots or you don't look to work the ball. Yeah, I I think it's more about not shooting long twos if you can. Mm -hmm. That's more how I would phrase what the analytical advice um, has come up. I mean, obviously, that means that involves more threes. But uh, under the basket, too, is probably more of a useful shot, like a Taj Gibson, too, than a random three by Lonzo or something, you know, especially by Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we didn't have the burden. And that's of more that. of a Lonzo problem than an analytics problem. <laughs> yes. And maybe, maybe I was buying into a little bit of what Shaq and Charles Barkley were talking about, but they were saying, they do you know, know the game. <laughs> yeah, they do know the game and they're old fashioned, obviously having not played for a while now and big shifts in how offenses have played. Well, and how often Shaq think about an outside shot. Yes, so, yeah. There's both those guys. Probably there's a decent amount of bias there. Yeah, but they had some good points about like as the Wolves would work it for a mid range shot for Jimmy, which you would think that's not really a high efficiency shot. But if it's open and in rhythm and is a part of the offense, we shouldn't abandon those just for the sake of twos and or like layups and threes. Yeah, if there's eight seconds left on the shot clock. The post looks like it's pretty well kept. Yeah, and an outside shot just isn't available. You're gonna you you do have to shoot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I understand that aspect. I don't think the mid range jumper is like going away anytime yes. soon. But when you can avoid it, right? Like I said overall a solid win. Then by the Wolves, really interesting and exciting to see them have a Christmas Day game and get the W over kind of a trendy, fun team like the Lakers that some. People think are really up and coming, especially when LeBron goes. There I think it was in summer. more of a prime time. It would have been a a well highlighted game. I mean, yes. I mean, they had reasons for putting Houston where they did and things like that. But it was a West Coast game, so it's going to be late. But it's just nice to get that prime time slot mm-hmm. and then get the W. Yeah, it's a valid, definitely a validation of where the Wolves are at. Then, as we look forward to last night's game against Denver, it was really. Exciting win. That first quarter was electric. Yes. The Wolves shot three-pointer really well. Some guy who bought holiday tickets, I'm sure the day before, said, we really look like the Spurs, which he was sitting next to me, and I wasn't exactly going to echo that thought. But the Wolves moved the basketball really well, got open threes, um, but then started to let it slide as the se- we got into the second half and the fourth quarter. Denver gets back in the game by shooting threes really well. 
uh, Will Barton and Jamal Murray, I thought really killed us. Uh, and the game eventually goes to overtime where Jimmy just carried us to the promised land with isolation buckets and hitting free throws. Honestly, bad basketball. If you're that good, you can turn bad basketball into good basketball. But the reason that we got up as quick as we did in the first was because of how he played, moving the ball around, the scoring was spread. Jimmy what? I, Jimmy might have been leading scoring at half, but not by a ton. And then he pulled away with 38 or what? what uh, 39, whatever mm-hmm. he ended up with. And that was far and away the highest. So it really showed good balanced basketball in the first half, not going deep into the shot clock, looking for a good shot right away instead of dribbling for a bit and then kind of panicking. But it, it, it worked out in the end, so I I, I can't complain. Right. And, and Jimmy did what he had to do if he was going to play like that. I think you're right that he was our leading scorer at halftime, but the balance is what really showed out that Taj was playing well. He scored the ball really well. Taj played great. Yes, he played great. And Wiggins hit a couple threes and Towns hit three. So at halftime, we thought we were kind of sitting pretty. Even the bench played well and moved the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. But as the lead started to slip, it seemed like, uh-oh, what kind of clutch time game are we going to get? Uh, and the, the Wolves pulled it out, not with great offense, but really just on the back of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I don't know if there's a game this year where we were consistently up by only one or two for, honestly, maybe 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was so stressful. And then, of course, it goes into overtime. So that was just a lot to handle. But I, I really, people were talking about how Wiggins went 7 for 13. But the rest of his stat line, I don't have it here in front of me, but was it, it was zero assists and maybe like, I think three, it was three boards. Yeah. That's just that's just not gonna help the team. We looked at game score and he was still like third or fourth in it because he's just sort of being punished for not producing elsewhere. Or Taj and Towns are ripping down boards, Jimmy's ripping down boards, and something that's not captured in the stat playing defense. So I feel like even even if he's gonna put up these numbers, he's still gonna not be the top three player on our team because he just doesn't do the other things. Do you think part of that has to do with fit with Jimmy? I've heard that argument kind of reemerge once we acquired Jimmy before the season, people saying, well, him and Wiggins both play on the wing and are kind of ball dominant. How's that going to work out? And I haven't really seen them mesh together very well, and I'm not sure we'll know what that mesh really looks like. I can understand how that argument would affect assists negatively, but a rebound, I mean, the ball is going to bounce off the rim, and if you're going for it, it's going to sometimes like end up in your hand. It, it's an athleticism thing, somewhat to jump and get it, and then it's an effort thing. And it doesn't really involve other players grabbing the board unless he's maybe, maybe a shot goes up and he quick runs to get a quick outlet instead of helping out on the boards. And you, I mean, you get Taj and Towns who are good rebounders, but someone like Butler's grabbing enough too, and he should be an outlet as well. Yeah. So I, I understand totally for the assist thing. That's a little more fickle and dependent on other people, but rebounds is more of just a, a grit sort of stat in my mind. And I see things that Jimmy does that I think Andrew can, like the way he drives to the lane and he does draw guys when he does a spin move or a Euro step and Jimmy's able to kick the ball to Taj a few times Mm -hmm. or find someone in the corner where Andrew, you really just know it's going up. And this is sort of hypocritical given Butler's second half, but a lot of times I feel like Butler looks for the good shot first, like a drive or a driving kick or something where Wiggins immediately will go to like a turnaround fadeaway jumper that he's probably one of the best at, but that mm-hmm. shouldn't be your first option. Right. So I think it's more of just being a mature player and understanding when to do crazier moves. Yeah, when we're at the game, sometimes I'll turn and 
to and say, you could get that shot at any point in yes. the shot clock. You could, you could fade away from 18 feet at any point. Why not work it for a better look to mm-hmm. start out? But, and it would also help if our team started moving the ball at 24 and not <laughs> 10. Yeah. Which is something so it, we, it, put, it puts pressure on him. Yeah. It's something we saw last night. Ultimately, it worked out for the Wolves. Thanks to Butler and once Crawford, Jimmy scored 11 of the 13 points in overtime. Jamal got bucket in there, which was really big. But I don't think it's something that we should only take as a positive. We looked at some of the clutch time for the Timberwolves and the Wolves are 13 and 8 in clutch time games. Noah, how about you? You're the statistician for us. How would you describe what clutch time is? So clutch time is the time in a game where there's under five minutes left and either team is up by five. So just scenarios where there's going to be a lot of lead changes and it's sort of go time. And it seems like we're having a lot of minutes in that type of situation. Anecdotally or just subjectively, I feel that it's us coming from a 20-point lead and breaking into that four or five-point lead. I mean, it was last night. And I've seen that scenario before. And so even though we're 13 and 8 in that situation, which is right where you want to be, right? I think it's the fact that we're getting this many clutch time minutes is a little sad when we should be able to hold these 20-point leads and not even have to have the stats show up a lot. Yeah, and we've seen in years past that the Wolves have been awful in clutch time games. So it's so, yeah, I will admit it's an improvement, but I think it's because we're coming from being up and then barely staying up. Yeah, and it, it's easy to get excited and say, look, we're winning really close games, Jimmy's clutch, or we're getting clutch baskets. But I think what we want to see is fewer clutch time minutes for sure and starting to pull away wins because it happens in a lot of different ways. There will be nights where our bench just isn't performing or our shooting uh, is really great in the first half and awful in the second half. Or defense, you know, a lot of different factors contribute to these leads slipping away. So we'll take the clutch time wins, but we don't really want a lot of these clutch time opportunities. Yeah, I'm, and I understand that against Houston, if we're up by 20 and we drop to five points and eke a win out, I'd be ecstatic, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're going to go play Phoenix or Orlando or something like that. Even Denver, who you should be better at better home. Than, then, yep. Yeah, you shouldn't be getting into these types of scenarios. And so I, w- I would like to see that. And also, what would the headline be today if Butler shot like he did, missed a couple more shots, and would lose the game? I feel like it switches immediately from clutch to selfish. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to understand how like fickle or how quick these things can turn and just watch out for it. If you play more balanced basketball, the headline would be, Oh, Wolves tried to grind it out, you know, but they just couldn't get it. And then if they win, it'd be like a great team game. That's not as variable of a headline. Yeah. So you don't want to leave it up to Butler chucking up shots. I'm sure he saw that he had to, given how the ball movement was going. But I just, I don't want to be in those situations because it just leaves too much up to chance. And we can be a good team when we are balanced. So there's no reason not to be. Yeah. It comes down to maturity or just clicking, but. That whole clicking thing, you should be able to figure this out that early in the season. So then you sort of point more to effort, in my opinion. Right. And looking at last night, one of the factors we uh, can't leave out is that Towns and Taj fouled out. So who knows if Towns is in the game and he's giving Jimmy 
like a screen and roll or a pick and pop as opposed to Gorgie. Maybe there's a little bit more offensive flow, but in general, we're seeing a trend that's just a little bit dangerous and really not sustainable for the Wolves. Yeah, they, they probably flow more with having that whole starting lineup. They probably played the most minutes together, all that. But so I guess silver lining, we were able, you could phrase it, we were able to do that given Towns and Teague being out for various reasons. Yep. We didn't even mention the Teague injury. Uh, I think the news broke earlier today that Teague is out indefinitely with a knee sprain. So not overly specific yet, but obviously something that would be a few games at least, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> Dr. We, Hines? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put on my doctor's hat or uh, do they, they wear the white coats, right? Yes. So yeah, we'll, we'll throw <laughs> that on. Um, we've seen this team with Tyus before, and I think now that... Tibbs is leaning on our bench just a little bit more with belly back and Marcus Georges Hunt getting like some scrap minutes. It shouldn't be too much of a concern. We'll see how the Wolves do without Teague indefinitely. Minutes again will come into play. Yep. So the Wolves, they won't be with Teague this week, but looking back, they went four and oh since we last recorded. What else did you see from the week? Taj just so consistent that he's forgettable. Yep. He now has the highest field goal percentage on the team, passed up uh, three Elitza. And so I, I think he should just be getting more recognition. I'm you know, I'm going to slow it down. I don't think he should be, I don't think he's a top two player on our team. He's probably in that three, four range. I don't think a lot of people doubt me at this point, given what they've seen over and over again. But yeah, he's not an all-star, but he's great to have in our back pocket, given that at the beginning of the season we had, is Gorgie going to start? Is Taj going to start? And I was sort of Team Gorgie when he came in, but now it's obviously cut and dry that you want Taj out there, which is really good to see. I think we just needed a, a solid veteran down there. I didn't realize how good he was offensively. I wouldn't put him in isolation or feature him through no, the that's offense. Just it. But so you don't see him do these crazy things. He, he, it's literally a post-up move, like a drop step and a lay-in. Yeah, and it, but it's really solid, and I'm, I'm amazed the amount of times we can kick it to him, and I'm like, uh-oh, what's the plan here, guys? And he makes a nice jump hook or knocks something down from mid-range. Mm-hmm. I think he could stand to take few less threes, but if it comes as a part of the offense, you take one a game, I'm going to let him have those. Yeah, and it's hard to criticize Taj over Wiggins when you know Taj is taking a couple of threes, still has the highest field goal percentage. And then Wiggins is probably, I think it's around 10th on our team field goal percentage. Yes. So there's probably bigger fish to fry or criticize at the moment. Yeah. So we've been Taj supporters, really, I would say from we the called start. It first. Yes. So <laughs> we just hope everyone else gets on board. I got a text from my dad last night. Taj is a stud. So we have another. Did you have another there. text at the same time? Uh, yeah, that, what was that from you saying that uh, there was too, way too many dabs in the, the, the intermission like videos of the kids? Yeah, it was a rowdy, rowdy <laughs> crowd last night at the Target Center um, with your mom bringing what reading material and every kid age eleven to fourteen. She dabbing. used to bring uh, her Kindle to my baseball games, but didn't tonight. But did have her coat and mittens on, like coat zipped up and sort of edged forward in her chair, ready to leave, and then. Learned about overtime. <laughs> She's not happy with the clutch time performance of the Timberwolves. As I'm highly taking notes and jabbering back and forth with my brother. So yes, yep. There's different moods in the crowd. Yeah, the but tar- it was full. It was a big, big mix for the Target Center. Really sold out crowd. I don't think we had been to a sellout game since the opener. Mm-hmm. I would. Say. I sell out of my weekend games. That's probably a factor in it. I feel like we've sold out a few, right? Yes. But not on a consistent basis. We'll get it full. The energy was definitely up. Yeah, which was really, really fun. So hopefully as 
the Wolves, you know, continue this win streak, we can see the Target Center faithful show out. I think Jamal Crawford, by the way, sent a message to you <laughs> this past week. I remember getting in just a little debate about whether he's worth it. He doesn't show up like great analytically when you look at some of the stats, but he can be a spark plug. His last five games, 23, 20, 11, 19, and 12 off the bench. So if he can score consistently, be that microwave for us. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it definitely helped us last night. There's no doubt about that. But I think these numbers here get knocked down a little bit when we just, again, with Wiggins taking rebounds, assists, and defense into account. So he sort of has to make up for all that. And then he's not a, an efficient shooter. But when you do shoot this much and you're willing to shoot that much, you're going to have nights like this. And that's, that's great to see. And it, and it came at the right time and definitely helped us on our way to a four and a week. Yeah. And it was, it came after some comments from him about wanting to needing to adjust more minutes, to, right? Yeah. yeah. Needing to adjust to getting fewer minutes and wanting more minutes. So I think he validated that by turning back the clock or forward the clock because he's, it's kind of ageless in that sense and mm-hmm. scoring really, really well. And then Belly's back, which is great. And then, like you were talking about George's hunt and saw how Tyus worked with that. I noticed they were putting him in at the end of the game just in every defensive situation yeah. they could. And so that, that'll be interesting to see if he becomes sort of a defensive specialist when we need it. Yeah. Maybe that, there's a certain matchup in, in a night or things like that. Right. I don't think we're expecting him to be an all NBA defender, but if there's Or some, even get 10 minutes in a night. Yeah, yeah. If there's someone that Tibbs trusts to take some minutes on the wing and play some good defense, I am all for it. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen so far is George's Hunt can be a little bit invisible out there, meaning I he's not for, making, I he's on the court. Yeah. He's not making a negative impact, which I right now with the way our bench stands, I will take that. What? That's better than Shabazz. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not kidding, right? Mm-hmm. You'd rather have a guy who, don't think about it, and then goes plays average above average defense and is just sort of a net positive versus being a net negative. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> I'd love it's better than what we could have. Right. I'd love to see a stretch of games like we had last night where everyone's healthy, maybe when Teague is back and Tyus can play some minutes, Belly can get back on his feet and George's Hunt can mix in. Yeah. And then Justin Patton comes back to the squad and Let's go. Watch out, Western <laughs> Conference. Yeah, and there's a silver lining of the Teague thing, too, I think, because it ties all the development he get can get is great, right? Teague is, what, another year or two on this? I don't necessarily know his contract, but mm-hmm. he's not our future by any means. And so I think it's a great time to show that Tyus potentially even could be or be a really, really good six-man point guard off the bench. Probably more realistic take. I agree. I think we can definitely pencil him in as a solid backup and any sort of experience he can get uh getting a flow together with his team is just going to be gravy for him i see him having a jamal crawford type career probably with less points and a little less minutes but Mm -hmm. just sort of that veteran who gets brought in i mean he we've already seen he has a great iq of the game and just throughout the whole game he looks like the most like composed person with the, with the when he has the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, he's the person I trust the most, probably just with the Bucks. You know he's going to kick it or not do something crazy. He's not as great of a net positive as these All Stars we're talking about, but just the composure is something that's really great to see and something you want in a backup point guard. You don't want some flash and chuck up the ball, right? And I think as you you look at the first quarter last night and you see, wow, if T can knock down some threes in transition and be a part of a more explosive version of this offense. That's great. But that composure from Tyus is really yeah, and that's I think, invaluable. Starts. Yep. It's invaluable off the bench. So looking forward, 
we've got tonight against Milwaukee, um, which is at 7 p.m. So the Greek Freak faces off against one of the top teams in the Western Conference. That would be the headline. The headline would also be <laughs> back-to-back, no rest, away at Milwaukee. Uh, you have to drive through a bad snowstorm. I'm yep. sure they're chartered, to be honest. Yep. Um, but also, Milwaukee hasn't been playing great. I feel like they've dropped the last three or their five I saw, or under 500 the last five, for sure. And But with, with the Greek Freak, I feel like this is another team that has a lot of variability to it, combined mm. with the Wolves' variability and lack of rest tonight. I don't. I'm not going to be surprised if Milwaukee pulls out like a four-point win or something. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of rest, no Teague, um, and Milwaukee not trending in a great direction. We'll, so we'll see how all that mixes together in our next episode. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, this has been the fourth episode of Hashtag Wolves. See everybody next week. <laughs>